Section 9 of Birds and Nature, Volume 12, Number 2, September 1902. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Pradeep Singh Ehdi. The Animals' Fair, Part 1. Once upon a time, for this is a fairy story, all the beasts and birds and bugs gathered in a solemn convention. The object of their meeting was explained by the dog, who, because of his intelligence and his intimacy with men and their ways, had been elected chairman of the convention. He spoke thus. My friends, we have gathered here to discuss an important question, namely, our dealings with men and men's dealings with us. It is a sad fact that although we are the benefactors of mankind and positively necessary to their well-being and even to their lives, they do not appreciate us as they should. If you will pardon my egotism, I will illustrate this assertion by my own experience. I may say modestly, for I am only quoting men's words, that I am considered the most intelligent of beasts, and am chosen as the companion, the playmate, the assistant, yea, the protector of man. I cheer hours of his loneliness from the cradle to the grave, and am ever ready to assist him in a thousand different ways. Yet how am I treated? A hard crust, a dry bone, kicks and curses and harsh words, a bed on a hard plank or on the cold ground, wherever I can find it. Those are too often the inventory of my rewards, while the torments inflicted by small boys and the indignity and torture of tin cans tied to my tail fill the full record of my tale of woe. No doubt the rest of you have grievances, many and various. We'll be pleased to hear from any of you who desire to speak, and we'll be glad of any suggestion or plan for the general good, which may present itself to you. The meeting is now open for the remarks. He sat down on his tail and assumed his most dignified and intelligent expression, while he looked about the miscellaneous assembly. In an instant the horse walked forward and was duly recognized by the chairman. The words of our chairman have struck a responsive chord in my heart, he said gravely. I have pondered on this subject many times when suffering from the abuse of men. Sometimes I am driven at my utmost speed for hours at a time, while my head is held unnaturally high and my graceful neck cramped and stiffened by the cruel check rein. My body exposed to the torment of flies because my beautiful tail has been docked. And then, when weary and sore and overheated, I am tied up in some chilling draught of wind, while my feet are obliged to stand in a wet gutter, and I am stiffened and ruined for life by some person's ignorance or foolishness. It does seem a pity to me that some more rational creature than men had not been chosen as the lord of creation in the beginning. Why? He can't govern himself, then how can he be capable of governing us who follow unerring instincts with unfailing faithfulness? The question is wide as the world and deep as the sea. As I have said, I have pondered it many times in all its aspects, but as yet have reached no definite conclusion which might suggest a remedy. Therefore, let me urge upon you all to give us your wisest thoughts upon this subject, which is of vital importance to us all. He turned to his place and waited anxiously for the next speaker. The cat took the floor with a graceful step and a gentle expression which caught the favor of the assembly. I am small among beasts, but my grievances are many and great. 
I'm chosen by men as a playmate for their children so that the mothers may be free to attend to what they call their necessary work in peace and without interruption. How am I rewarded? The children whom I strive to amuse drag me ceaselessly around, pull my tail and pinch my ears, blow my face and jerk my sensitive whiskers, and if I remonstrate with voice or teeth or claws, I'm beaten and kicked and tossed out of doors without even the privilege of trial by jury. I catch the rats and mites which infest men's houses, and then when they forget to give me milk, which is so necessary to prevent the ill effects which follow a diet of meat, and I help myself delicately to a few laps of cream, I am abused as if I had committed a mighty and unpardonable sin. They call me a necessity, yet they drown my beautiful kittens or carry them off in bags and cast them helpless and forlorn upon the mercy of a cold and cruel world. And then men presume to say that they are made after the image of God and have been divinely appointed masters of the world. What blasphemy, what blind stupidity, words fail me in views of these appalling facts. Half the assembly was in tears before poor pussy had finished her category of woes. A fly buzzed forward with impulsive haste and spoke with a little rasping voice. We flies are small, but we are mighty. We remove mountains of dirt for uncleanly men. And how do they reward us? They catch us in traps and drown us with boiling water. They snare our feet with treacherous fly papers and after laughing at our struggles to get free, burn us without mercy. Small boys torture us with pins or pull our legs and wings for what they call fun. If they do not want us about them, why do they make the filth which necessitates our presence? This is a conundrum beyond my solving. I leave it for this wise assembly to answer. The fly buzzed back to a sunny spot, and an unwieldy hog ambled forward. As greedy as a hog, as lazy as a pig, as fat as a pig, no more sense than a hog. Have you never heard such expressions as these fall from the lips of men? They shut us up in little dirty pens where we must needs be lazy, since we cannot run about. They continually tempt us with food, and the more we eat the better we like it, since it produces the fat which they afterwards deride. If you weary of dry corn or thin slope, and break through some convenient hole which their own carelessness has left, and help ourselves to the tender cabbages and peas of their gardens, they chase us with yells and sticks and stones and send their dogs to make deviled hams of us before we are dead. His pun so amused the assembly that they were convulsed with laughter. After vainly waiting several minutes for silence, the hog returned calmly to his place, convinced that he had at least presented his grievances in a striking manner. A handsome black Spanish rooster strutted forward to the platform and stretched his neck, called the audience to order with his clear tone. How do you do? I am the Coco the Walk, he explained, a term which men are pleased to borrow and apply to themselves. They rely upon me to give them warning of the approach of the day, and then grumbles because I disturbed their slumbers. How can they expect to wake up without having their slumbers disturbed? That's what I would like to know. They rely upon me to eat the worms and bugs and grasshoppers that destroy their gardens and then chase me with stones and dogs when they find me in their gardens doing my duty. They pen me up, often for days at a time, with insufficient food and water, and do not even deign an apology for their neglect. 
My wife supplies numerous eggs for men's food, yet they wring our necks without mercy if we venture to eat an egg ourselves when they have forgotten to feed us. As full as an egg is of meat is a comparison which might properly be balanced with as full as a man is of inconsistency. If men would attend to their business and scratch for a living as I do, the world would be a far better place than it is today. He ended amid prolonged applause and walked proudly to a conspicuous perch in the sunshine. By this time there was much excitement among the audience, who all signified a desire to speak at once. While the chairman was busy quieting them with the most vigorous barks, a monkey with much agility made his way over the heads of the audience and leaped to the platform where he was ready to make his profoundest bows to the assembly the moment quiet reigned you may consider me an alien since i hail from a far country yet i am truly american for even south america reveres the stars and stripes he said and his words were applauded by the very ones who had but a moment previous frowned at his audacity i hold myself the superior of the mankind since many of their scientists assert that the human race are but highly developed monkeys to be sure a few haughty fellows have lately declared that monkeys are but the offspring of degenerate men but we monkeys resent such assertions as uncalled for insults why it is bad enough to have to endure the thought that possibly mind you i say possibly not probably possibly men have descended from our race there's no monkey but what lives up to the best of his god-given instincts whereas on the other hand there's no man that does at all times the very best that he knows therefore by all the rules of logic the monkey is superior to the man and must be thus considered by all fair-minded judges this however is but a prologue to my more serious remarks i have only been presenting my credentials to this court may i now proceed to disclose my plan for calling the attention of ungrateful men to the benefactions we are daily bestowing upon them he paused and bowed respectfully to the chairman and then to the audience a thunder of applause greeted his proposition and the hall resounded with cries of good good go on three cheers for brother monkey when quiet was restored the monkey continued rapidly since my time is necessarily spent in intimate association with men i have taken note of many of their schemes for self-aggrandizement the most popular at the present time is the fair where everyone seeks to outdo his neighbor and to proclaim his own superiority to the whole world while he exhibits his own ability and his own genius by a display of his productions now what i propose is this let us secure a convenient enclosure and let each family of birds and beasts and reptiles erect a booth in which to display the gifts which they are daily bestowing upon mankind perhaps in this way the hearts of men will be drawn to honor us and they will after the ruling passion of men seek to advance their own interests by favoring ours does my plan meet with approval if so your humble servant feels highly honored he placed his hand upon his heart and bowed deeply to his audience and then with customary dexterity returned to his place as he had come while the hall resounded with prolonged applause the meeting was at once declared a committee of the whole and vigorous plans were laid for the carrying out of the monkey's scheme 
Because of his familiarity with such places of resort, the monkey was elected president of the fair, an office which he accepted with many expressions of humility and equally numerous feelings of self-complacency. Other officers and directors were speedily appointed, the place for holding the fair selected and the time set. Being unacquainted with the red tape and appropriation-grabbing customs of men, the animals thus speedily brought their business affairs to the working point, and in the utmost harmony adjourned to begin their preparations without delay. By Mary McRae Coulter End of Section 9